0: From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse
1: Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women making an impact in our community. Today is my great pleasure to introduce our guest, Veronica Maldonado Torres. I'm going to try and say it in Spanish so that my mother sounds, uh, she's a little bit proud, being that we both come from Latin heritage. So let me try that again. Veronica Maldonado Torres. You did it. I did it. Gracias. Okay. Welcome to the show, Veronica.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm excited to be here. And I love the title of this show, Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I'm very humbled to be considered one, but excited to get the conversation going
1: today. Thank you very much. And also, you and I were chatting before the show. And before we dive into that, because I have squirrel brains sometimes, I'll set our listeners up for um, a little bit of background about you. You are the president and CEO of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which is probably what you're most widely known for. But um, among that, you wear a variety of different hats, um, uh, including but not limited to a variety of boards of service. Also, you're the CEO and founder of your own consulting firm, and we'll get into that a little bit later. I do want to mention really quickly because it stood out to me that you uh, received the Corporate Diversity Champion Award here just last year in 2021, and we'll get into those accolades as the show kind of progresses, but I did just want to share with our listeners who you were before we kind of dive in. I'm going to take a little bit of an um, unconventional turn to the show, Veronica, just because right before we went on the air, you were telling me about some courageous women in your family. And to, um, again, inform our listeners, I mentioned Latin heritage. You are of Colombian descent. Correct. So we had a great conversation about our common Latina heritage. And uh, I'd like for you to share a little bit about the passion and enthusiasm for what you do, not only for the Hispanic community, but for our community as a whole, and kind of share how that integrates with the women who are also powerhouses that came before you in your family that kind of gave you that inspiration.
0: Well you know and I really think about where I am today, Amanda I think that the only way that I've been able to get you know to a role as CEO of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber or CEO of my own or my own company or the accolades that you see is that I had some really amazing women show me um, the path of possibility and opportunity when you believe in your dreams and when you work hard for them. Um, So, yeah, I was mentioning to you a little earlier um, that pretty much all the women in my life are superstars. And I know we feel that about the women in in our personal lives. And when I see some of the steps that they've taken to realize their dreams, you know, my uh, my grandmother on my father's side, I'll start very quickly. You know, she started the first meeting incentives and uh, tourism company in Cartagena, Colombia, um, you know, back in the early, early 80s um, and, and had over 200 employees and offices all across um, Colombia because she was known as the woman that had all the contacts. So people would call her and little by little, she started this company that flourished and thrived and you know, gave so many opportunities to our family um, in Colombia. I think about my grandmother on my mother's side who along with my grandfather decided to come to the United States, um, you know, ag- again, in the early 80s, where you know, they came here at 40 years old, you know, I'm 40 now. So I'm thinking to start life all over again, bring her young children, she had young children, and my mom, my mom is the oldest. And to start a new life, you know, they bought a franchise. And then that franchise has grown now to its, uh, you know, 37th year in business, um, you know, its third iteration, surviving a recession, you you know, growing and innovating into what it is today, which is a digital communications company called IPCOM, doing a lot of work with Fortune 500s, which was my grandfather's greatest dream. And he actually passed away last year, mm-hmm. um, a little bit before I got my new role. So I've been nine months as the um, the CEO of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber. And I remember when I got to the top of the building, I'm on the 22nd floor in downtown Atlanta. It's It's literally the top, the top. you know, and I look outside of my window, which is, you know, my office is all windows. I'm like, wow to think that my grandparents came here to start a new life that all they ever wanted to do was work with, you know, corporations and small businesses and, you know, inspire this um, life of entrepreneurship and legacy for our family and to kind of be in this moment that I'm now doing it for Hispanic businesses across the state, I just felt like, wow, what an aha moment. You know, you really are your ancestors' greatest dreams. And uh, so that leads me to my mom who now leads
1: that. Um, well, I'm company. sure he's with you in spirit. Oh, he is, and, and I've been he feeling was looking him. out that window with you as well. Absolutely, with great pride.
0: absolutely. I felt it. Mm-hmm. I did feel it, and I feel him with me in the times that I need him the most. Again, kind of holding on to that courage um, that the women in my life have had to start over again. You know, to start businesses, to grow, and to lead and trail. You know, paths that. Um, there weren't many uh, women to, to trailblaze for them. You know, my mother now, um, you know, who, who has dedicated a life of service and of helping and developing others through through business and being a huge uh, motivation for me to, you know, support businesses and to help businesses grow and to help leaders and women uh, realize their greatest potential and dreams. Um, so I, I, those examples for me were like plenty of, you um, you know, fuel uh, from their examples for me to to do what I do every day, which is really step out courageously and believe that I can be anything that I wanna be. And I definitely believe that. There's, there's a saying that I say, it's like you have to crazy believe um, before anybody else will. And crazy belief. You do. You have to have crazy belief in what you're doing before anybody else will. And at the end of the day, it's not necessarily what other people believe, but it's what you desire and manifest for your own life. And that has to start with the power of belief.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, that's just a little bit about the courageous women in my life. You hit the nail on the head when you said manifestation. Um, And as far as positive self-talk and affirmations and things like that, several women whom i have had the great pleasure of interviewing before you have mentioned how they have to kind of dig down deep and pull that energy from you know a place of of power in order to give that to their audience to their family etc so kind of piggybacking on that and talking about balance and talking about positivity what do you do personally veronica to stay sharp and to stay level-headed and to be able to deliver your best you not only to your clients the community but also your family that's a really big question, but I'll share with you, I think one of the
0: most foundational things that I've been able to do, which is why I feel that I've been as successful as I've been, and I'm so grateful for that, and I don't take the journey for granted at all, is that I really sit back and understand, you know, what are my principles and what are my priorities? And what do I wanna do with my life? And having that, I think, very well defined, you know, I wanna make a positive impact across those that I have the chance to come across whether um you know again they're starting a business whether they need a little dose of belief if they need to if i need to lend them mine um, i understand what my purpose is and um, i also know that in order for me to live my purpose and do what i do best i also need time to rest i need time to rest i need time to relax i need time for introspection i need time to refuel myself In 2013, I had a really difficult time in my life. I had just assumed the role as the um, director for the georgia mentor protege program which was a program that helped scale small businesses between a million to thirty million dollars in annual revenue with major corporations for a year and i had the privilege of leading that over for over eight years so about four hundred businesses that i had the chance to support scale and get to one of the largest ones about half a billion dollars in annual revenue but in two thousand thirteen i was excelling professionally and kind of hemorrhaging personally hmm. And I had kind of an awakening, a jolt moment is what I call it. One of those um, situations that I think we've all experienced definitely through, you know, maybe the last two years. Um, But is kind of the awakening of what matters. Right. You know, I can't be excelling professionally and not doing well personally. My parents had gone through some issues, there was a lot of family stuff going on, and I just took a moment to sit back and ask myself who I was as a woman without the title of director, mother, wife, sister, and I was like, who is Veronica, right? Um, Because I had a young child at that time, I think maybe he was four-ish or something, and i just felt like i had all these titles defining me and i needed to redefine myself and refine what mattered to me so i took kind of the jolt moments that i was experiencing and for some people it could be you know divorce some people it could be you know a pressure situation at home a pandemic uh, losing a job whatever it is the jolt moment And I took that and I was like, how is this jolt moment or the or the many jolts that I was having that year? How is that going to help me jumpstart? You know, where the vision that I have for myself. And so that's the J and the jolt. And the O is, you know, I need to be obedient to that whisper that's coming to me about changing, changing maybe my ways, my habits, you know, what matters to me um you know is it work or is it family or how can I do both Mm -hmm. and be at peace with myself Right. right um because I tried the stay home mom thing and I have so much respect for stay home moms um but I could not do it and I knew that um I I had both a traditional mindset and a career, and ambitious woman mindset. And I needed to find my place in between that and be at peace with what success would mean for Veronica. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that was the O, the O of, of the obedience. The L was to take a leap of faith, right, and trust the process of my jolt moment helping me you know, have the awakening and the awareness that, that I needed to change some things, but then also having the vision and the desire to, to make something change and have a goal, a vision to go after, Mm -hmm. which kind of led to driven. So you go through your jolt moments and then what do those jolt moments produce an opportunity for intros- introspection to think, where am I going to define, mm-hmm. where am I going to be in the next three to five years? And so that's where my journey started. And as soon as I could define what my principles, what my priorities more, what mattered, not what anybody else said about who I should be, what I should do. It was more of like me owning my own life. And I, 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 I say this often is you have the power to own your own future, right? Like no, honestly, no matter what is going on, you absolutely hold the cards. So when I came up with this concept of of driven, I was like, I want to be driven to thrive. I need to be not a passenger in my life. I need to the be the driver. driver of my destiny. And so that's where, uh, you know, after I, I, I kind of had the time to sit back and really experience and, and think to myself, what were the things that I love to do? What were the things that I'm passionate about? And make sure that I do those in my everyday life, then I could start the vision of what's ahead. So the D is define the vision of the next three to five years of where you see yourself. Define what that is for you. Um, reflect and recognize the gaps of where you are to where you want to be. Illustrate and chart that course validate the plan is yours and not somebody else's it's 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 your own it's your own life you got to own it and then execute and then when do you execute now because you have no option but to win at your life Mm -hmm. so I have embodied this mindset that the jolt moments come in your life and they can come for a season they can you know they can come on a daily you know we all experience the obstacles Um, But when you have a vision of where you see yourself, you know, then you can adopt that driven to thrive mindset and persevere throughout whatever is transpiring around you. You can own your future in that and you can be the driver of your own destiny. So as soon as I believed in the power of my own words, right, then that's really where I saw not only my career soar, but I had such a great sense of satisfaction in who I was. Um, And my personal life became richer. My relationships became deeper. And I started to hear from others, man, every time I come across you, I really feel like you see me. Mm -hmm. Like there's a level of intentionality. And I've taken that level of intentionality that I took in 2013 and I've applied it to everything in my life. So um, people will share with you, you know, and, and my husband is like, I really wish that you could do things halfway. He was like, you just put everything in it. He goes like, how do you Always do 110%. it? Always 110%. And I said, honestly, I don't have any other way. But when I commit to something, I do it 1,000%. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm committed because I have the conviction and the courage to know what my purpose is here. And my purpose is to make sure that I leave an impact mm-hmm. on the business community or the people that I have the chance to come across. And I used to be overwhelmed with this feeling that I had this like calling to impact so many people. And you know, I'm a woman of faith, you know, and I say it loud and proud, you know, I took a moment to kind of pray on it. And I just felt like, you know, God revealed to me, he goes, you know, the way you're gonna make an impact is one person at a time. Mm -hmm. It's not the masses, it's one person at a time. And I can't impact somebody if I have not impacted and worked on my own life, right? right? So that's really where I, you know, having the the example of the women around me, that they've been courageous and believing that they could have a, their best life, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing them struggle and seeing them struggle and still persevere, I think showed me that life will not always be easy, but anything that's worth it is worth going through. Yes. And that at the other end, it's all for a purpose. Excellent. So, so how do I recoup? I've realized that the driven woman mm-hmm. also needs to be at zero miles per hour, which means rest and yeah. refueling. And I struggle with that. Um, I consciously have to tell myself to rest and refuel. And how do I do that? I spend time with my family. Mm. And because I'm speaking all the time, I am in a space with them that I sit back and all I do is listen. listen. Yeah. I just listen. I listen I listen to them I listen to myself I listen to how I'm feeling Um, and I I do checks in on myself how am I doing you know why am I feeling this way Mm -hmm. and so it's constantly this zooming from in and out awareness oh absolutely you know a constant state of self-awareness and um, that helps me refuel you know spending time with my kids you know spending time On which um, Veronica is a proud mother of two. She has a five year old daughter and a 12 year old son. I do, and he's about to turn 13, so (gasps) y'all pray for me.
1: Oh, goodness. (laughs) I have the teenager in the name. Yeah. Teenager. I don't know, but
0: these kids these days also feel like they become teens before the teen part hits. I don't know. It's the internet yeah it's, you're it's right it's
1: really accelerated like life They're exposed our to a our level. generation yeah. was floppy discs yeah. in Oregon Trail and yeah. now the kids they just you know and so it's it's forced them to grow up it, a lot quicker. it definitely has it definitely has but um but yeah, I want to so. circle back around to something that you said before we take our um our brief sponsor break and you said excelling professionally and I wrote a blank here and I filled it in with I didn't recall what you said and you were suffering personally what did you say you were excelling professionally and blank personally
0: yeah kind of hemorrhaging a little bit I was you know there was a lot of personal things going on you know um that were were really weighing in on me and um you know some family situations that were occurring and some challenges and actually to be honest and, and I think it's you know, one of the things I didn't realize, my son um, has ADHD and we didn't, we didn't know he has ADHD, which comes sometimes connected with other things like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, And now I can't think of the word, but it's oppositional uh, defiant behavior and stuff like that. So we were really going through a hard time. And I was like, how do, there were things that were making me you know question you know me as a parent you know you know what can i do i felt out of my reach and understanding how to serve him mm-hmm. and support him and thanks to emory which we um, did a lot of parent management training um, i was able to get the tools that i needed to help my kid because there's nothing worse of a feeling than, than not, not being today. able to, to do that. And I think about, you know, the neurodiversity and uh, things that we're experiencing with kids with autism, ADHD. Truthfully, and I, I know we've got to go to a quick break, um, I think that going through that process with my son and seeing the world through the eyes of, you know, somebody that sees life in a different way, and that is pretty brilliant, also taught me how to see people in a different light mm. and how to connect to people in a different way. And it's made me extremely... Um, non-judgmental. It's made me uh, have more grace and empathy as a leader, as a woman, Mm -hmm. as a mom, as a human being, which I think has really served me well in my career. So that difficult time period was actually a very big blessing because it made me question a lot of things. And
1: I think I'm on a good path. (laughs) Yes, that's very nice. Um, I, too, have experienced that. And I think, and you mentioned your age before, you and I only a couple years separate us. And that really struck a chord with me uh, as far as giving everything um, I have and more to my professional entities. However, I suffer personally. Uh, My career has been uh, on the forefront of my mind for the past decade, and that has been leading the charge. However, for the past decade, I've had a minimal personal life yeah and thus far it hasn't really um, impacted me but here recently I've been recognizing that there needs to be a shift mm-hmm. so thank you for sharing that experience and what you said you hit the nail right on the head right there that was my jolt moment. that was your jolt. yes moment. I have to ask you did yeah. I just not write down the t I got the j okay your acronyms yeah jumpstart obedient leap of faith what was the t I wrote driven, driven to thrive, to thrive, driven to thrive, to thrive. Gotcha. Yeah. To thrive. To thrive. And yeah. then also just to plug you real quick, um, for those of you who might not have known what Veronica and I were talking about, um, she also has a consulting firm and she's the creator of the driven to thrive mindset model and way of living where she empowers professionals and businesses to grow and transform and thrive. And I'm sure there's maybe a website where people could learn. Yeah, more. VMTConsulting.com. About that. Mm-hmm. VMTConsulting.com. I like that. Very cool acronym. <laughs> Well, as you mentioned we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll dive into uh, some other fun things love it since 1982 cab incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing serving a variety of industries including infrastructure hydraulics automotive and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast visit cchl.com slash locations to see all of their offices including Gwinnett and welcome back to celebrating powerhouse women I am your host Amanda Pierce today joined by Veronica I'm gonna try and say it again (laughs) Maldonado Torres
0: absolutely you did
1: it you did it Um, I had to get that uh, uh, American out of my mouth there um, for those of you who probably have no idea what what we were talking about, my mother is from Argentina too, so I have a little bit of clout in the game. I'll say it's a dang shame I don't speak Spanish. That's Yours okay. is gorgeous. It
0: doesn't make you any less Latina. And I just want to share that. Never too late. Yeah? Thank you yeah. to learn. Absolutely.
1: I actually have Rosetta Stone in my car, so we'll, we'll see or when or I draft. Duolingo or whatever <laughs> works. Yeah. <laughs> um, before the break, we were talking about your consulting firm, and you do so many things. But I know that we mentioned uh, before the f- before the show for the past eight months, your primary focus has. Been in the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and that's really been kind of a... Uh you've been at the helm of that ship, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners a little bit about the association in case they're unfamiliar and about the great impact that you have kind of instituted over the past few months.
0: Awesome. Well, the organization is 38 years old. Um, You know, our mission is to be the international and domestic economic development arm promoting Hispanic businesses and growing Hispanic businesses. And we are also the bridge to non-Hispanic entities because at the end of the day, what I'm so excited, is that not only are we growing our Hispanic business community, but we're building a bridge to make sure that we're working and winning together. And that's with everybody. It doesn't, you don't have to be Hispanic to be a part of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber nice. of Commerce. So, you know, our goal is to, you know, provide those, you know, business opportunities and business development opportunities are we got a couple of core areas that we focus on, business development. We have leadership development, and we do legislative advocacy. So we are the we are the voice for the Hispanic business community down at the Gold Dome, mm-hmm. um, and so working on legislation that ensures that you know we we have equitable pathways of opportunity, and um, you know continue to do great things on that front. And we're in the middle of a legislative session, so uh-huh. uh, part of my definitely my growing has been to get into that realm because I come from the small business development world and capacity building world. Um, and so we have about seven signature events a year Uh, we're one of the largest hispanic chambers in the country Um, And so there's always a way to connect, to grow your business, um, to build relationships. And this year we're focusing on the theme called reimagining the next. How do we reimagine the next for our business community? Um, You know, the numbers are pretty, pretty amazing. We have more than 1.1 million Hispanics in the state of Georgia. Um, Latinas uh, are starting, which are, um, you know, uh, female Hispanic women. Uh, Latinas are starting businesses six times faster than the average group, any any group right now. I mean, really accelerated. Um, and the question is, is it by, 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 by desire or by need? And so we're finding studies that say it's really by need. Why? Because they need flexibility. Maybe nothing too different from what we've seen a lot of women in general, the flexibility to be a mom, to provide, et cetera. And so highly entrepreneurial. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a focus on um, international business as well, international trade, lots of great things happening at the Georgia Hispanic Chamber at the same time. Time. We have a uh, 501c3 called the Hispanic Business Center. Mm-hmm. And the Hispanic Business Center is literally fueling the future for Hispanic businesses. And we've got um, programs that um, called Crecer, Creciendo Juntas, which is Grow, Growing Together, Avanzar, which is to advance, and then Escalar, which is Scale, which is a new one. So it's all free Programs to help businesses in English and Spanish wow. with six, six week accelerator programs, money management. Um, and I'm so excited because just this last year we gave $95,000 away. Wow. Grants to the businesses 501c3. and we put them in their hands.
1: So it's amazing. You know,
0: it's a good combination of connecting to a network, but also having the resources that you need to grow to and grow. thrive. Yeah.
1: Thank you for clarifying that um it's a association open to the public because oh yeah it's- i'm sure there might be some people who would like to uh, participate but they might not have known that they could join. being welcome, that were not welcome to the
0: chamber. The Georgia <laughs> Hispanic chamber is waiting for you because we also have people wanting, um, you know, we've got job postings and we have a labor issue going on now and we do professional development and we have an amazing cultivating Hispanic leadership institute. Mm-hmm. So lots of good things happening there. And again, it, it has been only nine months. People think I've been there for a year, but it's been <laughs> nine months and we've been, you know, we've got business networking groups and mm-hmm. Cobb and Gwinnett in Savannah and Columbus. We're expanding. So we've got a pretty awesome footprint and I just feel really blessed and really grateful and have a great sense of responsibility for the role that I have today which I do feel amazingly equipped with just the story of my family Mm -hmm. and I think part of that drive that we were talking a little bit about is is my immigrant heritage is never far away from my thoughts Mm -hmm. it's like you know my family came here for a better life for a better way and I really want to be a good steward of The sacrifices that they made, and so you know, I bring that into everything that I do, and uh, I'm grateful to be leading during this time. It's a it's a real honor, a blessing, and a responsibility that I don't take lightly, Mm -hmm. and my family doesn't take lightly. My children and my my husband, you know, when when the opportunity um, came knocking on my door, I actually was not looking to assume the role. And had many folks reaching out to say, "Hey, you would be great for this." And I was like, "I, ain't, I got my <laughs> consulting company. I have contracts with corporations. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I have my own, you know, schedule in life, and I can be this and be that, and I'm cool." But you know, I really felt the call mm-hmm. to step up into purpose, and yeah, absolutely to, because um, I had a very focused plan for my life, and that's where part of the driven mindset is that. Um, you know, it's great to have a plan, but you also have to lean on kind of the whispers and that obedience. And I felt called to step up and lead during this time. And um, so I'm grateful to my family for encouraging me to take the role and to support me in every aspect. My husband, my kids, they understand what I do and why sometimes it takes me away from, Mm -hmm. you know, moments that I want to be with them. Uh, But they,
1: they all said, go for it, mom. So, just like you were talking about the sacrifice that our parents made for us, you are now making sacrifices when they are our age, sitting somewhere together. They're going to say, man, I recognize the sacrifice that mom made for me to be where I'm at today. Absolutely. Out of curiosity, just because I'm <sighs> unfamiliar with what the process would look like to for selection or application, how, um, is that a nominated role? Is that something you applied for? You definitely have to apply. Okay. Yeah, I
0: mean, they did a... Um An executive search. They contracted an executive search firm. Um, You had to apply several interviews, questions, whatnot. They got to do the due diligence in the background. Um, It's an
1: association, correct?
0: It's a a business chamber. Business chamber. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 501c6 um, membership organization. Um, So there, there's definitely different ways to engage with us mm-hmm. and sponsor and support and all those good things. But yeah, yeah and I'm
1: sure. What's the website, really quickly?
0: Ghcc.org.
1: www.ghcc.org. I plan on checking out some events so I can yeah. come and oh, dip my got toes some in the water. Great things coming up. <laughs> Hey, I would be remiss if I didn't share some of the um, wonderful things that you did within the community outside of your leadership with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber, and then also your family. Um, you are connected to the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce in some way, which you can share about that here in just a moment. Um, also, you are a board member of the American Heart Association. Mm-hmm. You're a board director for the Assembly, which mm-hmm. is a community a CID community improvement district uh, in DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. Is that Um, Also a board member of TAG, Mm -hmm. Technology Association of Georgia, excuse me, Business Processes Management Group, among many other things. And the the
0: latest one is really exciting. So it's the Emory uh, 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 Center for Ethics, which is so exciting because I happen to also sit and was selected for – uh mayor um andre dickens mayoral transition team and the specific focus that i'm on there is on procurement integrity and ethics so again it's just this amazing alignment and i think that ethics is needed in business um and integrity and uh I, I believe that I have been a example of that my entire career but to be able to to bring that to the community to the different committees that I'm on is is
1: really an honor and a, an opportunity powerful. that I'm yeah a powerful opportunity definitely well congratulations on all of um, your service and I guess my question to you is out of all the the arms in which you serve I know you can't say favorite <laughs> but we can, so we can't we are they're all your favorites Which outside of the Emory Center, because you just shared Mm, your enthusiasm and passion, what would you say is um, one of the things that you enjoy most about participating in which one of these entities?
0: You know, they each kind of serve a specific purpose for me. Um, And and when people ask me, you know, why do you choose to be on boards or why this one's specific? You know, as a leader, I believe in innovation. I believe that, you know, technology is very important to making sure that our businesses are moving forward. So being a part of the TAG BPM group um, is a really important one, especially when we're experiencing so many supply chain issues. And that's a lot of what we talk about in the tag BPM group, you know, the American Heart Association has been very near and dear to my heart. My grandfather <laughs> passed away last year, I mentioned, mm-hmm. and kind of COVID induced, you know, a uh, heart oh. attack, but he'd already had a heart attack before my other grandfather as well. And as yeah. a woman, There's a lot of stress. I think we all experience stress. I think women do not take care of themselves the way that we should be. And again, that is my own Achilles heel that I work really hard on trying to find that balance in my own life. But we really neglect ourselves. And um, that zero mile per hour is really important. Women suffer significantly more from heart attacks. Mm And I think that there's a personal call there as well to make sure that we're checking our heart, that we're checking our stress level, that we are taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's, we take care of our family, our careers, our faith, you know, et cetera. But we don't take the time to our community. We don't really take the time to take care of ourselves. And again, I, I'm, I say it very candidly. This is my Achilles heel. Um, But I also know that um, it's an important aspect of making sure that we live a good life, that we're heart healthy, and that, you know, we pick our battles and we make the right choices for ourselves. And um, sometimes we have to say no to things that seem pretty amazing so that we can minimize the stress in our Hmm. life. I I need to do a better job of that.
1: I always take on, take on, yes, 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 take on, take on, take on. Did you ever see that movie? It's part of our human
0: nature. I think it's part of, you know, our makeup as women to take and nurture and say, yes, we can and 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 serve, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely part of our makeup, and it's something that we need to teach ourselves um, you know, to, to, to do better at. And I think the pandemic for me, it was such, such a frustrating moment actually, which I kind of had to come to Jesus. And, um, I remember I was going to be, uh, I helped launch a global women's leadership initiative in India with one of my clients, about 250 women who needed virtually? empowerment. What's that? Was it virtual? Oh yeah. Virtually. You know, okay. And my, my computer ended up basically crashing and I <laughs> Do y'all remember two years ago? when well, it worked? two years to kind of the date. But, you know, you We're could all not trying get, to get computers. On Zoom. Yeah. Well, you couldn't get computers, uh-huh. right? And I just remember this horrendous feeling overcoming me. And I, I felt so impotent in trying to reach my goal. And finally, I realized, I just burst into tears. I was like, I'm not going to meet the goal. I'm not going to be able to do this. And I need to be okay. And there was a moment where when I kind of said that to myself, I kind of surrendered to it. And I just kind of felt... A sense of relief and release, huh. and I, I I believe that that is something that we can continue to work on as women mm-hmm. is giving ourselves permission to pause, and like to that. know that there is a season and a moment for everything. And uh, one of the one of the biggest takeaways that I took from um, from the pandemic time, which really challenged my output. You know, there's only so much you can do with these new restrictions and restraints. Was, um, you know, deciding to come out of the pandemic differently than I came in and to reimagine a different life. Exactly. Well, you know what? We all went through that, you know, And, and, and it just it took an opportunity to to look at life differently and to decide.
1: And I think that was a jolt moment for many people. So. I like that. jolt yeah. moment. Yeah. Point that uh, right there. You mentioned we were speaking lightly about mentorship and obviously outside of the women who have been influential within your family network, who would you say, and it could be male or female, um, has been a integral part of your success over the past decades? Who stands out in your mind? It doesn't matter if it was a, a collegiate phase, uh, what, what, um, phase of life you're in, but who made an impact in your world that you can, uh, speak about profoundly
0: yeah so from a female perspective obviously you know my mother's example definitely um, uh, and, and I can go real deep into that um, but there was also another woman in my life who, um, who, who who asked me to take a risk in my career and go work nonprofit after I'd pretty much been a very corporate and one of the things that she taught me was um, that in order to be a leader you did not have to stop being kind and um you know I, all pretty much all the the roles i've had have pretty much been in a in a man's world men we love you i'm n- nothing nothing bad about but you know in a man's world where you have to you know you know take on certain attributes um uh, that you know allow for a level of um serious you know take me serious kind of a situation and um, you know, sometimes those, uh, you know, female attributes can kind of take a back seat because you're proving yourself or et cetera. And she just reminded me that, you know, I didn't have to stop being a kind human being in order to make great things happen. Um, not that I was not kind, no, but she, she was just like the epitome, you know, of kindness mm-hmm. in business mm-hmm. And way before now we're seeing purpose driven companies and empathy and you know, those were not the attributes we discussed twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, you know, those are new attributes thanks to a new generation that wants and 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 you know, needs this sense of purpose and meaning and kindness and empathy and emotional intelligence, et cetera. So she was huge, huge in in, in um in, in shaping that part of me. Um, the other is, it's is actually a group of men. So I have a prayer group that I've had for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's four entrepreneurs, actually two, two entrepreneurs and uh, two corporate men. And then little old me, I don't know how the world. Um, but one of my friends came up. He was like, you know, you're one, of the, you're one of those most faith-driven leaders that I know and friends in my circle. And he read a book called... Um, the praying, uh, praying Circles, I think it was by Mark Batterson. And he goes, I need you and then this other friend to pray circles around me because I need redirection about what to do with my business next. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'd be honored. And so we started kind of this prayer group and kind of praying over direction for his vision of his business and his mm-hmm. life and Um, little by little we started adding to that group and seven years later I mean it's 830 every morning you know I really try not to skip a beat obviously with my schedule now sometimes I have to but it's 830 every morning it's a 30 minute you know prayer call and we talk about everything from every perspective from family to work to tough decisions to employee relations and that has been the best thing that ever happened to me and kind of getting the validation of what I bring to the table as a, as a, as a woman leader. Mm-hmm. Um, they lean in quite often. They're like, I would never have done it that way. This morning we were talking about you know bringing folks back into work, you know? And uh, I told them, I was like, look, you can't command, you have to cuddle, you know? You can't command folks who have been home for two years to come back in, even though, you know, we're very results oriented and we need we've got goals to make and bills to pay and businesses to run and profits and all that. But, you know, we're in an era that's uh, it's a very interesting era. And so that's where I'm grateful that, you know, my female attributes, you know, of empathy and. Um, there's a great book called the Athena Doctrine that talks about the differences between kind of the female and male attributes, you know, male attributes being risk taker, or strategic or, um, uh, you know, some of those um, and direct even and then kind of the female, which is more of the empathy and the cultivating. And the, But I'm so grateful to to have been kind of on both sides where. Um, you know, we need a lot more of that right now in the world. You know, the, the attributes of really how do we cuddle people in and um, rather than push them away, rather or than or push ostracize. them away or command
1: because yeah. they, they have a lot of options now. And so, yeah. Do you know Deirdre Cox? She's I on the do. Board. I yeah. love Deirdre. She is the most vivacious person. She shared and she was a guest not too long ago that if you have kind of along that same vein, if you are a woman seated at a table of leadership and you have a seat there, you belong. At that table, mm-hmm. so talking about your your prayer group and a woman in the seat, like you belong there. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And the same thing in the corporate world. Yeah. So don't ever question the fact of of should you or should you not be there. If you have a seat there, you belong.
0: Oh yeah, table. I bring my own seat actually <laughs> many times.
1: Excuse <laughs> me, I'm bringing a chair. Uh,
0: uh, you know, it's Girl. like it's so funny because someone was like uh, one of the questions I got when I spoke at Coca-Cola many years ago uh, on kind of Women's Month and. You know, they were like, how do you get onto so many boards? And I was like, well, you know, I've been invited. You know, once you get invited to one, they start to see, you know, your capacity. You get invited to others. I said, but there's opportunities that I have literally had to create my own door because I knew that they needed my voice there. Good for you. And so to all the, you know, celebrating powerhouse women is also understanding where you do belong and not being afraid to knock and create your own door. So whether you're knocking or create your own door, um, you know, there's a lane for you
1: and if there's not a door i know some general contractors we can <laughs> we can bust some holes through some walls and we can create that door veronica <sighs> I want to take it to a lighter side because yeah. I want to share with our listeners. Did we get heavy? Might, Did we get heavy? No, no. But we're talking about all things. I want to tell, uh, give our audience a chance to learn something about you that they might not know. Okay, sure. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, my Lord. we were talking before the show. Okay. Share with us your uh, budding career in the music industry. Oh, my goodness. When you were young. So let me tell you, in
0: my high school yearbook, it says most likely to become famous. And I trust it was not being CEO of, of, an, of an organization. <laughs> station um it was because I was most likely to succeed because of my singing mm-hmm. you know I was a songbird and and I'll, I'm a great softball player too but um I I just wanted to you know be a recording artist and I felt like I had you know a voice to share and 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 I wanted to make an impact and use that as my platform to do good I mean that was just always my vision as a little girl and Were you in like chorus in school I, oh, and school absolutely yeah. was yeah yeah yeah. absolutely was and um so I got a record deal a little bit um while in college an independent record deal um I, there was a record label that wanted to take me away like around 15 16 and my mom and dad my my dad was like no. yeah no um that's <laughs> not happening school, yeah. yeah you gotta do that and I'm so grateful although I was extremely upset during the time because you know like God, really I'm gonna
1: be a rock star yeah
0: um, so, you know, the I had an independent record deal um, and, you know, it was a great experience. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what I wasn't willing to compromise as a person, as an artist, the, what I wanted to sing about, what I wanted to write about. And I always knew that my voice would have an impact, and I just felt like I did not want to be singing about, you know, shaking anything in a club. Right. And I was like, no, you know, I want to heal the world and make it a better place, you know. And so I know the power of lyrics, mm-hmm. and I know the power of my example, and I'm going to bring that back because under this, it's not going to work. So I stepped away, um, which was a very difficult thing for me to do, understanding that I may not have the opportunity to come back and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I, you know, I I went to work for EMI Music Marketing after on the business side of things. I worked for Sony BMG. I worked with over 98 radio stations. I had the southern region, uh, you know, placing product and making sure genres were in the right place. I learned all about the music side. And so, you know, life took me on a kind of a different path. I kind of say it was I had to dream a new dream about what my life would look like. Mm -hmm. But what has always remained the same is that I've always had a microphone in my mind <laughs> I always <laughs> have
1: including right now, including right now.
0: and um, you know the the way that you know things work in life so I think three years ago when I stepped away from my previous role and I decided to launch my consulting business which you know you, you working with 400 businesses telling them every day to be courageous and then it's your turn to be courageous and then seeing people around your life to be courageous and now you have to step out I had to give myself permission to begin again mm-hmm. with all the accolades it was no this is a new venture and it's super uncomfortable to start something new even though you may feel you have the knowledge but it's yes. that kind of you know it's that opening of that that next level well during that time I had a friend come to me and she was like weren't you like a singer back in the day I was like yes and she was like well I've written some songs and I would love for you to sing it uh-huh. and I was like you know what Okay, you know I had not been in the booth for twenty years, but it felt and good I when called got back in. I called my friend who was my producer back then. He was a Grammy award winning producer now, and I was like, "Look, if I'm gonna put my voice on anything, you need to come and help me produce these. You know these songs." And so. 48 hours we recorded three songs and you can find them on spotify now but one of them is called fearless woman and it's super inspiring now is
1: that one that you sang that someone else wrote the lyrics or did you write the lyrics no no no, i didn't write that Yeah,
0: yeah fearless woman veronica maldonado it's clm music and you know it's kind of the anthem for women to say yes to their dreams and say yes to their goals and you know just do it do it anyway do it anyways
1: you've had a multitude of of Um, experiences in life and all of them leading up to where you are today making an impact. As you said, it's very clear to me kind of looking from an outside perspective that all along that seed was within you to be a leader and to use your voice to amplify entities um, of others and it might not have been through music originally, but now it's through service and also through your role with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber.
0: I'll tell you too that part of me being able to be a powerhouse woman is that I played in sports and resilience. the resilience and camaraderie of building and working with a team, team and you know powering together and pushing past my own personal you know things that I needed to work on really helped build um, build who I am today. Uh, the, that, that leadership opportunity. I was also a Girl Scout so I believed you know in giving back and doing yeah. good and being a good person so all, all, I think all of those things my immigrant heritage the leadership opportunities that I've had you know allowed me to test and validate that I had the capacity to do it, and it now be. as a as a, now as a woman, a mature woman, you, you know, I'm really critical. just, you know, I'm stepping out and doing it every day, and and
1: helping, being other unashamed
0: women. and unapologetic and unafraid to do it.
1: Good for you. Yeah. Yes,
0: everything, I am there she is. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> Mike has already downloaded it and subscribed. It gets good. It gets good. He's so good. He found that on Spotify. You have got a gorgeous voice. Well, thank you. I feel like that was like a lot, you know, like that was a long-winded, you know, like and there's a really the, good the part there in, in the world of, like, when you, you sing from your belly, you know, because it's not like you're just talking. Like your, you're, diaphragm, your, your diaphragm. Your diaphragm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 You've got a powerful set of pipes, girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, she was mouthing it along, too, for those of you who can't see. Obviously, that's her song. I'll have to listen to the whole it, thing it when I get in the car. It was a very full circle moment, I'll mm-hmm. tell you.
0: Lots of, lots of tears, you know, and lots of gratitude for... Um, being able to be in a place and record these songs that, you know, in a season of my life, you know, I really felt like that was everything I was going to do. And who knows, you know, what's in store. I'm not saying no to anything, but (laughs) right now I'm doing my best to
1: lead and serve where I am. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, today my guest was Veronica Maldonado Torres. You did it. I'm so proud of you, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you. And before we say adios, yes. adios, adios. Um, please share with our listeners any parting words, final thoughts, uh, uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our audience.
0: Well, yeah. I just want to encourage, you know, the women or men, you know, listening to. We and, do
1: have men listeners. Oh, I'm we sure. Do, yeah.
0: And and we need he for she's, you know, we need um the love, camaraderie, and support of of men around us, um, and men in our life, husbands, brothers, uh, mentors. We need uh, to continue to celebrate and elevate women and work together. And to the women listening, you know, there's nothing you can't do. Um, I believe in infinite possibilities. You can create your own future. Um, if you're scared, do it anyway, and be the driver of your destiny. I believe that you you are here to thrive. Um, and you just have to create and chart your own path. So okay. thanks for the opportunity to serve. And uh, if, there's, if someone wants to get in touch with me, they can reach me on Instagram at VMTSpeaks. BMT speaks and don't
1: forget to give yourself permission to pause I amen. wrote that down I need to do that more amen often we'll, we'll have to talk about that. I took
0: a one month sabbatical at one point giving myself permission to pause good for you and I never thought I could do it and I was like you know what if not now when when so
1: that's where that really comes from and you get so much clarity from the pause it's like uh, it's uh it rejuvenates you and you come back Absolutely. with a whole new different um eye so you can look at things differently rest is fuel ladies don't forget Uh, For all of you listening out there, if you find value in this series, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is on Fridays at 1130. You can listen live on businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio and listen live. All of our archived episodes are available online as well, or you can subscribe through your favorite podcasting application. Veronica, where do you listen to your podcasts? Uh, i lit spotify Spotify, yeah me too i I do itunes 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 or Spreaker, whatever's here yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i heard radio any one of those you guys stay connected with us on social media at gwinnett radio x please connect with me on linkedin amanda pierch p-e-a-r-c-h and until next time i am your host and this has been celebrating powerhouse women on business radio x